0: On today's episode of the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast, we will be discussing prayer. Today's episode comes from a segment of a lecture that I gave concerning prayer and a message entitled, Prayer, The Lifeblood of the Believer. If you'll turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to be looking at at verse 17 today, verse 17, and we're going to be reading uh, quite a few verses today out of the uh, different epistles of Paul from uh, 1 Thessalonians, Philippians, Colossians, so we'll be turning around a few times in today's message, but we are going to be talking about prayer, and today's message is entitled, Prayer, the Lifeblood of the Believer. So Paul writes in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 many of you I'm sure know it by heart it is pray without ceasing pray without ceasing This verse is only 3 words long and yet it contains one of the biggest Biblical truths that will be found throughout the entire Bible. It contains one of the greatest commands from God. And it is something that is so difficult for a believer to apply in their lives. All over the United States today, and all throughout Christianity across the world, believers struggle to pray without ceasing. Isn't it true? It seems as though, now most of the time, we live our normal lives every single day without ever giving a passing thought to God, to the Father, and to the fact that we should be praying to Him. Now, we hear the stories of people. We hear the stories within church. We read them within the, uh, maybe, devotional magazines that we get. We, we hear the stories. We read the stories of people that have incredible prayer lives, of people that are able to pray and have an intimate, close connection with the Creator. And we long for that. As a Christian, we long For the ability to be able to connect with God. To be able to connect with the creator in such an intimate way. We long to be able to do that. We want to be able to connect to God. But we stop short of doing so. You see, because it is not a gift given to God. It is not a gift given to us, excuse me. God doesn't just look down. And say, this person gets to have an intimate relationship with me, but you do not. This Christian gets to be able to have an intimate relationship with me, but you do not. This is not a lottery system. We have to work for our relationship with Christ. We have to put in the time and the effort... In order to have that intimate relationship. And it begins with prayer. Prayer is supposed to be an effortless exercise for the believer. And when I say exercise, do not get me wrong. It is not exercise. In the idea of exertion. In the idea of... I would say training but rather it is just in the fundamental act of doing so it is supposed to be effortless for the believer we are to pray without ceasing and as Paul writes in Philippians 4 6 we are to pray we are to submit to God and to bring everything to him in prayer Philippians 4.6 out of the Christian Standard Version says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We are to present every single aspect of our life to the, God, to the Father. We are to give Him everything. And just like blood... That keeps our physical bodies alive. Prayer keeps our spiritual bodies alive. See because our our bodies. It depends on blood. Depends on oxygen. Our bodies need. Other things in order to keep them going. We are not self-sustaining beings. In your relationship with to God. Cannot just be self-sustained in a way. It, it, it can't be that you pray to the Father that to save you. You can't repent of your sins and be saved one day. And then never go back to the Father in prayer. Never read his word. Never follow his commands. And be able to have a growing intimate relationship with God. With God. You cannot do that. You have to submit to the Father. You have to pray. You have to pursue His words. To pursue His commands. To follow His word. And be obedient to Him. And submit to Him. And that can't just be a once a week action. And truthfully. To achieve a true, deep, intimate relationship with the Father, it can't even be a -a once-a-day action. We must pursue the Father at all times. Hence, Paul's writings to pray without ceasing. Oswald Chambers wrote... In his, uh, I highly recommend that you would read it. My utmost for his highest. Uh, Oswald Chambers wrote, Prayer is not an exercise. It is the life of the saint. Prayer is not an exercise. It is the life of the saint. Prayer is not simply something that we do each day as a religious routine. It is not something that we do because we are seeking blessing. It is not something that we do because we are seeking God's approval, because we're seeking the the preacher's approval, we're seeking the approval of other Christians, we're seeking our own approval. It should not be for anything other than pursuing God, for pursuing a relationship with Almighty God. We should not be trying to prove ourselves to anyone through our prayers. It should not be mundane. It should not be routine. It should be something that we want to do. It should be something that we humble ourselves in order to do. That we fall on our face before the Father and that we bring our requests to Him. And that we pursue Him through that prayer in order to achieve intimacy with him in order to grow a relationship with him in order to achieve the life that Christ has for us so what happens when we commit to prayer what happens when we begin praying without ceasing Well as I've mentioned numerous times already. We will achieve intimacy with the Father. We will achieve the intimate relationship. That God has intended for us to have. That means that we will have closeness with him. We will experience the joy of the Father. The peace of being with God. We will experience his guidance. We will be able to. To know his will. And we will be able to receive his power. In order to carry on his will. And in order to achieve his will. We will fulfill the life that Christ has set before us. And through that. We will be blessed. Beyond. Any measure of our imagination. When we. Pursue the father's will. Submit to it. Receive His strength and carry out in faith His will, we will achieve blessings, happiness, joy, peace, and contentment like we have never imagined before and like we have never experienced before. That is the benefit. That is what happens when you commit to prayer when you commit to the Father, and when you pray without ceasing. So, how do we commit to prayer? And this this seems to be the issue for a lot of people. They know that they should pray. They want to pray. A part of them wants to pray, but they don't want to put in the legwork, and they don't want to To put in the time and the effort in order to create that fruitful prayer life. So I'd like to present you with some ideas. Some some ideas, some time-tested truths. Things that I have used in my own personal prayer life in order to grow that. So that hopefully you can pursue and create an intimate, fruitful prayer life with the Father. So how do we commit to prayer? First we have to make a conscious effort. We have to make an effort to pursue him. I can tell you right now, and this happened to me quite a bit when I was in the beginning of my own prayer life and pursuing a fruitful prayer life. I would tell myself, you know, I'll I'll pray tomorrow morning. Right? I I, I was sitting on the couch at night, watching TV, going through the guide. It never seems that there's anything good on until you tell yourself I need to go pray when you tell yourself I need to go pray it seems as though the guide lights up with a dozen different things that you would like to watch right a dozen different things that you'd like to watch they go back to back to back and the next thing that you know the night's over it's time for you to go to bed in fact you've even stayed up a little bit later than what you should have and you still haven't prayed. Because there was just so many good things. On television tonight. You have to make a conscious effort. And just like a diet. Or just like anything else. That conscious effort comes with sacrifices. It comes with accountability. And it has to come with effort. You have to be able to have the control. To say no. I need to go pray. I'm turning off the television. I'm turning off my phone. I'm closing out YouTube. I'm closing out social media. I'm going to pray. Something else that you need to do is that you need to find a quiet, private place. It has to be a quiet private place. And I understand that for a lot of people, that can be a struggle. That can be a great struggle for a lot of people to find a quiet private place because they have family, they have jobs, they have noisy neighbors. Everything happens. And when you decide to commit to a life of prayer, Satan is going to try to throw every single stumbling block in your way to prevent you from achieving that life of prayer. Hence my last example of it seems like every single time that you want to go pray, um, you have about a dozen different attractive options on television. right? It seems like uh, all your good shows come on then. And Satan knows that in order for you to connect deep to the Father, it's essential that you have a quiet private place to pray. So what are some options? Get creative. Get creative with where you are going to pray. And where you feel as though you can pray. For some. It might be the bathroom. And I can tell you from experience. That when I was. Beginning my prayer life. A a quiet private place. That I found a lot of times. Was the bathroom. To go into the bathroom. And to spend time in prayer. For some people. It might be literally leaving your house and going out to your car in your driveway and just sitting in your car in your driveway maybe it will be taking a drive going somewhere going somewhere take a drive go to the local walmart go to the local park sit in your car and just pray go outside take a walk go somewhere where you where it's private and where it's relatively quiet. Where there's no there's no distractions. There's no TV. There's no radio. There's no people talking. It's, it's quiet. And you're able to connect with the Father. Next, I would recommend that you use scripture in your prayer. Using scripture in the prayer, it, it can really... It can truly liven up a prayer. And it can truly create intimacy... In deepness with a prayer. And something that um, I used quite a bit um, was I would pray with psalms. I would pray with psalms quite a bit. There were some times when, um, you know, after I had fallen into sin or, you know, I had fallen into some sinful behavior. I would turn to Psalm 51 and I would pray Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is the psalm that David wrote following... Um, his fall with Bathsheba. Psalm 51 is a great psalm, and I would pray that after I had fallen to sin. And there's psalms of, of, of praise, of repentance, of sorrow, of calling out to God, asking for his help. So find a psalm that fits your attitude, that fits where you are today, You might be happy and joyful. Well, then go find a happy and joyous psalm in order to praise the Lord and pray that psalm. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 9, he said, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we all As we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from power. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus literally taught us how to pray. And this is something powerful. That you can pray every single day within your prayers. And a lot of times something that you can do. As I've mentioned the Psalms. Is go. To, to maybe something that is uh, one of your favorite favorite verses. Go to one of your favorite verses. Go to a time tested biblical truth and pray that. Pray that. If you're having trouble controlling your tongue, let's say that let's say that you lost your temple. Not your temple. Let's say you lost your temper and you said something that maybe you shouldn't have and you got really angry, and you began, excuse me, and you, um, you know, you lost your temper, you you shot off your mouth, you said things that you shouldn't have said, well, then go and pray James chapter 3. Go to James chapter 3. Pray that. Pray that. Just pray James chapter 3. Lift that up to the Father, and ask Him to help you in order to change your your mouth your speech the way that you think using scripture in prayer is powerful it is powerful and it is something that can change your prayer life and that can set it on fire when you begin to use scripture in prayer next you're going to want to pray for others It's very important, it's very essential that when praying that you pray for others and that you lift others up. That you're not just focused on yourself, but that you are focused on others. And something great that I found um, to pray for others is in Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9. This is out of the New Living Translation. Paul writes, So we have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants to do in your lives and we ask Him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. Then the way that you live will always honor and please the Lord, and you will be continually doing good, kind things for others. And all the while you will learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with His glorious power, so that you, may, so that you will have all of the patience and endurance you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father, who has enabled you to share the inheritance that belongs to God's holy people. Who live in the light, for he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with his blood, and his and has forgiven our sins. That is a tremendous, tremendous prayer that I have found to pray for others. Whether that is a family member, it's a friend, it's a it's a member of your church, it's a body. Praying that and lifting up at least one person. In every single one of your prayer and every single one of your prayers and in your prayer life will be a tremendous blessing because I found that when God is going to work when you pray for God to work in someone else's life, he is going to work in yours also. If you see someone, let's say that you have somebody in your life you have a friend or a family member who has an anger problem, they are a very angry person. And they, they 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 lose their temper a lot. And you pray to God. You pray to God. You ask Him, Lord change their heart. Soften their heart. Remove that anger. Work within their life to remove that anger. And in, in order to bring them into your joy and happiness and peace. When you pray for God to remove that anger from somebody else. And heal them of that. God will begin working in your heart. On some anger that you might have never even thought that you had. God will purify them, but he will also purify you at the same time. It will blow you away. You will never have even realized that you might have had a certain amount of anger within yourself, that you might have had any sort of anger within yourself, but God will purify you of that anger while he is purifying someone else and while he's working in their lives in order to answer your prayer. Next, you need to listen to God. It is essential that you listen to God and that you spend time listening during your prayer. If you go in and you just begin praying and you pray, God, give me this, bless this, bless that, bless us today, bless us tomorrow, bless this person, I pray for them, amen. How have you built any intimacy between the Father? What intimacy have you built in that moment? You've prayed for yourself a lot. You've prayed for somebody else. That's great. But why haven't you allowed God to speak to you? Why haven't you allowed the Father to speak to you? Because He will speak to you. He will speak to your heart. He will speak to you when you seek Him and when you expect him to speak to you he will speak to you he will honor your faithfulness he will honor your devotion he will honor that you are seeking him so why would you not listen to him see if we're let's imagine that we're trying to build a relationship uh with somebody else for those that are married imagine back when you were first dating for those that are dating or single If you are trying to build a relationship with somebody and you're trying to build an intimate relationship with somebody and not a sexually intimate relationship, but a true intimate relationship, heart-to-heart, a connected bond between you and somebody else. And it doesn't even have to be a romanticized relationship. It can be completely platonic. But when you build that intimate friendship, that intimate relationship, how are you going to build it if all that you do is talk? If you're the person talking all the time, and the other person doesn't talk back to you, you learn nothing about them. You learn nothing about what they like, what they dislike, what they're like, what their is like, the things that they believe, the things that they do, what they would like to do, what they would like to achieve with this relationship. You will achieve no intimacy. It has to be two-way communication is the key to intimacy. Without two-way communication, you are wasting your time. And the same... I guess I wouldn't go that far. I would say that the same can be said for prayer. If you are pursuing an intimate relationship with God and you only have one way communication you're wasting your time you will not achieve an intimate relationship with god unless two way communication is used so now you feel as though you've made a conscious effort you feel as though you're committed to prayer but how how do you pray now how do how do you physically do it because there's even a step further and there there's, there's a step further than what I've taken us so far. And the first thing that you have to do is prepare for prayer. Before you can even begin praying and before you can even begin pursuing prayer, there has to be preparation. Now, obviously, there are times when you throw out, I call them almost emergency prayers, right? You throw out an emergency prayer, you're in an emergency, something's happening, you... You lift up real fast, Father, you know, bless us here, give us this, provide for us here. Um, Lord, be with me, give me strength in this moment. Those are your emergency prayers. But when we're truly praying, when we're truly pursuing the Father, when we are establishing and trying to build intimacy, preparation is key. So the first thing that you have to do is relax. Now, there's sometimes um, I find myself, um, you you get really angry. You're really angry, or maybe you're really just upset about something, you're anxious about something, and you go into prayer to relax. It is in those instances, uh, those are labeled as a special category, almost of prayer. Those are labeled almost as a special category because you will build and you can build intimacy through those prayers. When you see the work of God, and when you see that God is calming your spirit, He's relieving that anxiety. He's releasing and purifying that anger in your heart. Those can be very those can be great faith building block prayers. And great intimacy can be achieved within those prayers. Those are in a, a sub third category. But here we're talking about um, general general prayers. When you're going to bed at night, well, not really in bed at night because we'll establish that in just a few minutes, but when you are going in with the key and the goal to build intimacy and in order to have a, a fruitful prayer, you first need to relax. You need to relax and you need to prepare yourself mentally. And that means to let go of the stress of the day, to relax your body, and find a relaxing position find something that's relaxing. For some people that can be sitting in a chair. So sit sit in a chair, recline, I don't care what you do. Find something and find a position to where you're to where you are relaxed. Next you want to read scripture. I say that you always want to read at least a psalm. You always want to read at least a psalm, but You want to read until you feel engaged with God. You want to read scripture until you feel engaged with God. Until you feel as though you are connected with him. And you feel as though your heart is ready for prayer. And you say, well, what is that feeling? How will I know when I've achieved that?" You will know. I'm telling you, just take my word for it. You will know when you are engaged and connected with the Father. You will know that when your heart is ready for prayer so you want to read scripture you want to prepare your heart next you want to sit in silence sit in silence over that prayer before you begin speaking so now you're in a relaxed position you've read scripture however much that you need to read in order to feel engaged and connected with the father now you want to sit in silence total silence and then after those moments of silence and it can be a few seconds and I've had it sometimes to where it's minutes until you feel once again engaged even more because there's steps of engagement you're going to walk in and you're going to relax and that's going to be your first gear You're going to read. You're going to read those scriptures until you feel even more connected and engaged with the Father. That's going to be your second gear. And then finally, when you sit in silence, it's going to put you in drive. That's going to put you in the top gear to where your heart, your mind, and your soul is ready for prayer. Now those are the things that you want to do when you are in the prayer room. What are some things that you should do before? First, before you even get in that room, you need to know what you are praying for. You need to pray with a purpose. Because if you go in and you just begin praying and just rambling on, you are going to lose purpose. Your prayers will become repetitious and your prayers will become fruitless. You need To know what you are praying for, you need to go in with almost a prayer battle plan. Know, Know what you are praying for, know what you want to pray for, and know who you want to pray for. Know what you want to pray for, who you want to pray for. Two very important things to establish before you even walk in and sit down, or lay down, or whatever position that you choose that is relaxing. And that you feel honors and connects with God. As I know for some people. And myself. I find that uh, the best position for me. I find a lot of times is kneeling. It's on my knees. It's on my face. For some. Health issues. um, Could just be old age. They can't get on their knees. It's not very easy for them to get on the floor. So they decide to sit. For some people. They decide to lay down. Myself, in all honesty, a lot of times I will start off on my knees, and I will end up laying down. I will be laying on the floor. Sometimes that just uh, comes with the length of the prayers. Sometimes that just comes with, you know, my knees. um, They get tired. Now, some some personal things and some personal ideas that I have with prayer and some, some things that I do personally that has made my own life fruitful and I know that it has made the life of others very fruitful. And the the first tip that I would give you is to pray aloud. Pray aloud because when you pray aloud and when you are you're physically saying your prayer you are enunciating it. You are putting your own passion your own heart behind that prayer and what you're saying to god first off it will keep you locked in and engaged you will be engaged in the prayer you will be engaged in what you're saying and you'll choose your words more carefully that prevents you from rambling on it prevents your prayers from becoming repetitious and in my opinion it avoids empty words you mean what you're saying you mean what you're praying and through that, you can put your heart behind it. You can put your passion behind it. Now, we have the Holy Spirit there. God knows what is important to us. He knows that when we're praying and when we are in pain, the Holy Spirit is there. It is interceding for us. God feels that pain. But I can tell you that it is, it's almost even just therapeutic to yourself when you're praying aloud that you, you, you have that pain in your voice. It's just natural. That if you, you are hurting. And you're praying because you're hurting. That you have that pain in your voice. That can be almost therapeutic to yourself. Being able to express that pain in your voice. That pain in your heart. It is a great, great tool. Something I, I, I mean I just mentioned is, is getting on your knees. Myself, I get on my knees. Um, I know quite a few people that that, that get on their knees. And I know that some people, um, I know older people, they've talked about that maybe in the past that they used to get on their knees, but now they're just so old, arthritis, etc. cetera. They cannot get on your knees. Find what position is comfortable for you and is honoring to God. And when I say what is honoring to God, I can't pull out a chart that says positions that are honoring to God I can't point you to a verse that says anything that's honoring to God, but I say what you feel is reverent to God and what you feel is honoring to Him. For me, that is on my knees. For me, that is sometimes just laying on the floor. I lay on the floor. For some people, older people, it might be laying on a bed. might be sitting in a chair. Maybe they can... uh, kneel on one knee and lean up against something. Maybe can just, maybe it can just be standing. It can be standing. Whatever is comfortable for you, whatever you are able to work with, whatever is physically capable for you, that you feel as though you are able to lift up your heart and you are able to honor God in that position through your prayers and through your words, that is what is important. Something else is the use of the devotional. And uh, this is something that I use that ties back in to what I was talking about with the preparation of prayer and reading scripture. Devotionals can be a great way to prepare your heart and to prepare your mind for prayer. Can be a great way to, because with the most devotionals, you're going to be reading scripture. Maybe you're going to be reading commentary. For me, I find reading the the reading the scripture, reading the commentary, pondering the scripture and the commentary sometimes will get me there. Sometimes it will get me engaged. Other times, I find that it's a great starter. It's almost like it, uh, it puts the it, it sprays the gasoline onto the pile of brush, but I still need that spark. I need something to spark and start that fire. So I might go and I might consult scripture. I will read scripture. I will continue to read scripture even more, even after. Having come in, sat down, relaxed, done the devotional. Maybe I just need a little bit more scripture. I need a little bit more time in God's word. I need to focus my mind in. That happens a lot of times on days that have been crazy. Maybe if I've been really angry that day. Maybe if I've had a really stressful day. I've had an anxious day. I'm really worried about something. My mind isn't focused on God. It's focused on the world. I need more time. I need need that anchor to bring me back. To bring me back into God. To bring me back into his word. So that I can focus more on him. On his word. In order to have a more fruitful prayer. Something else. Is that you're going to want to pray numerous times. And when developing the attitude of praying without ceasing. And developing a fruitful prayer life. That means that you're going to want to pray a lot. If you want to become successful within a sport. As an athlete. You need to train multiple times. Myself little known fact about me is that I was a very successful musician before receiving the call to ministry and pursuing that call. I was a very successful musician. And I would play my instrument and I would practice my music numerous times a day, all throughout the day, for hours upon hours every single day. And having a fruitful, intimate relationship with God is... It is almost like an athletic pursuit it is almost like a musical pursuit it is a skill it is something that you have to work for that you have to have the effort and then you have to make the conscious effort in order to produce the difference is that not everybody can be a good musician no matter how much time and effort they put in not everybody can be a good athlete even if they put in a great amount of time and effort and training with God If you are honoring Him, if you are truly seeking Him and you put in the time and the effort, you will receive and you will develop an intimate relationship with Him. With God, everyone can succeed. And something that I found great for praying numerous times today is to set specific prayer times. Set specific times within the day to pray. And set numerous times within the day to pray. Myself. I have a, a larger prayer session in the morning. And a larger prayer session in the evening. The, the one in the evening is the largest one. It's the one that, I, that takes the most amount of time. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have about three or four different prayer sessions throughout the day. All throughout the day. That are maybe only about three to five minutes in length. So, for instance, I have one at 10.45 a.m. So, from 10.45 a.m. to 10.50, maybe if I'm at a job, if I'm at some place, I will go seek out a restroom. Seek out a restroom. Seek out some place where you can just be alone, where you can spend five minutes alone and go there and just spend time just praying. Now, most of the times in those settings, you aren't going to find a setting to where you're really going to be able to to sit there and listen to God, right? When you go into the bathroom at work, you're probably not going to be able to sit there and really be able to to sit there and, you know, privacy and silence and be able to listen to God uh, like you would during a what I would consider a larger prayer session. Most of those prayers are likely going to be you praying to God. But when you're praying to God and when you are making the conscious effort to seek Him, even in a time when some might not consider it convenient some might you know you're not going to consider the 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 bathroom at your place of employment to be the ideal place to pray when you are making the effort to seek him out and when you're making the effort to pray to him god will honor that he will honor that you are seeking him he will honor that you are making the commitment and that you're making the effort To seek Him, to pray to Him, to pursue Him. And He will calm your spirit. He will give you that strength. He will help and provide and give you that. Almost an energy boost in your day. And allow you to continue to work hard. And to to be pushed even further in your day. Something else I found great is to silence your phone. In today's world. Uh, obviously. You know, you're on your phone a lot. And for some people, I mean, it's, even, it's it's their jobs. Their jobs and their lives are on their phone. Everything that they do is on their phone. During your times of prayer, whether it's at five minutes, or whether it's a, it's a, you know when you wake up in the morning, silence that phone. Turn that phone off. Leave that phone in another room. Alright? You need to Focus on your prayer. Focus on your prayer. And I always tell people that you, when when you put your phone down, just don't focus on the time. When you're in prayer, don't focus on time. Don't focus on how short the prayer is. Don't focus on how long the prayer is. When you're sitting there praying, don't think, man, you know, I feel, you know, I feel like I've been in here for a really long time. You know, I feel like I've been praying for a really long time. People are going to start talking. People are, are going to start asking questions. You know, I I, I just better cut this short. I better, better leave. Don't focus on the time. Your prayer can be just as long or just as short as needed. So it's, it's a twofold approach when I say don't focus on time. Because for some people, they get self-conscious. They say, you know well, you know, if I want to pursue this this relationship, I want to pursue this prayer, well, you know, I'm going to have to take out, you know, an hour. I'm going to have to pray at least an hour. You know, I'm going to have to go into this big, long prayer session and spend all this time. And for some people, they go in, they pray, they feel like they've had a very fruitful, very productive prayer. They feel connected to the Father, and they come out, and it's only been 10 minutes. They, they say to themselves, you know, I poured my heart out to God. I I felt like I listened to him. I felt like I connected to him. I felt like I I had a fruitful prayer. And it's only been 10 minutes. They feel self-conscious about the time. And I can tell you right now. Time does not equate. To fruit. Time does not equate. To spirituality. Time does not equate to intimacy. Not always. Now obviously. If you, just, if you take that statement out of context, and if you want to take that statement and run with it, and you say, well, I can just go into the prayer room for five minutes, and I can have as fruitful of a life, and as fruitful of a prayer life, as somebody that spends an hour in the war room, no. Each prayer is different for each person, and the time is going to be different for each person. Someone might be able to connect with the Father, be able to connect with Him, and be able to have a fruitful life. In a short amount of time. But that isn't the rule. That isn't the constant. They will have to spend more time in the prayer room. Sometimes. Sometimes it might be short. Sometimes it might be long. It just depends on how fast they can connect to the Father. It depends on how fast God speaks to them. It depends on how fast that they run through that prayer everyone is different the times will be different for everyone and there isn't a magic time it's the effort it's the spending the time in prayer that is important you also want to make sure that you don't rush and this goes back to silencing your phone don't rush the prayer the world can go on without you all right the world can go on without you Nothing is more important than you and the Creator connecting. Nothing is more important than you and the Creator connecting, than you and the Creator spending time together and pursuing that relationship in prayer. Prayer is the lifeblood of the believer. Without it, our spirit is weak. Our message is ineffective, and our intimacy with the Father is lost. Hope you enjoyed that clip from a uh, a message that we had, the prayer, the lifeblood of the believer. I hope that you enjoyed that clip. My name is Logan. Thank you for joining us on the Saving Grace Average Podcast. I'll see you next time. Want more content from Saving Grace Outreach? Be sure to go to our website to see our devotionals and apologetics articles. Also, be sure to check out our podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Also, be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. And finally, check us out on Instagram and give us a like and a follow. This has been the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast, a presentation from Saving Grace Outreach.